Welcome to Interviews with Innocence, a podcast about spirituality, consciousness, and exploring the wisdom our children bring into this world. I believe that our very young children are our greatest teachers. After all, they're the masters of living in the present moment, bubbling in unconditional love, enjoying the messiness of life, and curious about the universe in all its dimensions. The pure essence that young children exhibit lives within all of us. My hope is that these interviews will help us discover, embrace, and connect with the sacred core of childhood that resides within each of our hearts. I am your host, Marla Hughes. Today, I have another special guest on the show, Mark Anthony. Mark's bio will come up in our introduction in just a few minutes, but I wanted to let you know that this episode or interview will be this week and next week because it was rather long because we had so much to cover. Enjoy. Today, I am super excited to have Mark Anthony, JD, the Psychic Explorer on the show. Mark Anthony, also known as the Psychic Lawyer, is a fourth-generation psychic medium who communicates with spirits. He is an Oxford-educated attorney licensed to practice law in Florida, Washington, D.C., and before the United States Supreme Court. The Psychic Explorer travels to mystical locations in remote corners of the world to examine ancient mysteries and supernatural phenomena. Mark appears nationwide on TV and radio, choosing, including CBS TV's The Doctors and Gaia's TV's Beyond Belief with George Norrie. He is the co-host of the live stream show, The Psychic and the Doc, on the Transformation Workshop Network. He is a featured speaker at conferences, expos, and universities, which include Brown, Columbia, Harvard, and Yale. And I've had the the opportunity um, to to listen to Mark at some of the conferences, and he's amazing. Mark is a columnist for Best Holistic Life magazine. His latest bestseller, The Afterlife Frequency, is the gold winner of the COVR Visionary Awards. It was up for Pulitzer and ranked by prettyprogressive.com as one of the top books about faith in God. His other best-selling books are Never Letting Go and Evidence of Eternity. Welcome to the show, Mark. Thank you, Marla. It's great to be here. Yeah, I'm so I've I've really been looking forward to this interview. So let's just jump jump right in. Um, I want to get to your lawyering and being a psychic explorer, but <laughs> first I want to talk about growing up in a psychic family and about your Great grandma Giovanni and Giovanna. Giovanna, yes. Giovanni is the male version of John. Giovanna is the female version, and um, yeah, um, my my family is is pretty interesting. Sorry, I didn't mean to to um, to cut you off. Um, oh no, not at all. I want yeah. to get it right. Yeah, well, both sides of my family psychic ability runs in it. My dad's family hailed from Pennsylvania, and they were very waspy white anglo-saxon protestant they were baptists and my father had four siblings three sisters and a brother and he was a medium as well as his sister marjorie his mother isbel and their maternal grandmother grace and but they kind of kept it 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 was like a very 
under wraps thing. And then after he got out of the Navy, my dad was a Navy SEAL and he became an aerospace engineer and he met my mom at a dance. And so here he is this, you know, 24 year old full of himself, uh, 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 sailor. And, um, actually he was 22. They got married when he was 24. He was 22. And he said, it was so funny hearing my dad explain. He goes, I saw this foxy looking dame. And he was talking about my mom. And he thought she was like 30 years old, but she was only 19. What it was, my mom was in fashion and illustration. She worked for this high-end department store. And mom said she got all the designer clothes you know, at wholesale. And so she was always dressed to the nines. And he said that he was so intimidated because she was so pretty. And he got up the nerve to ask her to dance. And he said that they just connected. There was something that felt very familiar. And after a couple of dates, my mother said, well, there's something about me that you need to know. And she explained to him, she goes, you're going to probably not want to see me again, but I see spirits. Well, True to form, like a sailor, a number of colorful metaphors emitted from my father, <laughs> which said, blankety blank, I blanking do too. <laughs> and, wow. and my mother was like, what? And, and the two sides of the family couldn't be, couldn't have been more different because my mother's family, they're um, of Italian descent. My mother's father was born in Italy and my mother's um, maternal grandmother, Giovanna, um, she uh, she was from Italy, and she was known as the woman who knows things in the Italian-American community of, of Little Italy in North New Jersey. In fact, um, like officials from the Catholic Church would go and consult with her, and they looked at her abilities as a gift from God. They called it the gift of second sight. And anyway, um, in back in 2016, Marla, PBS did a special called the Italian Americans it was a four hour special aired two nights in a row, two hours at a, you know, part one, part two. And they, they, they actually did an entire segment on Giovanna and they referenced her psychic abilities. And it was, it was so great being able to see that, you know, out there TV pictures of Giovanna. One of my cousins was explaining um, all of this. And, and of course, on, on the uh, commercial breaks, all my cousins were all like calling each other and texting. <laughs> of course, yeah. It, and it was very, very nice to see that um, how this was brought to the forefront. So, so um, basically, um, in, in all my books, I share stories from my family's psychic past, uh, which is which is pretty colorful. I, I I get you know for me it was just how I grew up. Right. But now I write about it, people like oh my god you know not everybody's great grandmother was like that and neither were everybody's parents and you know being a teenage boy with psychic parents was a real bummer because I couldn't get away with anything. <laughs> <laughs> did you get to meet your great grandma? I I never well I did but I don't really I don't funny. remember remember her because I was you know I was just a baby uh when she died but um um you know certainly I I was privy to the stories yes uh, about them. and uh, my father's sister Marjorie I never met her in this world um she is a, a spirit that that comes around me fairly often and um, if I can share that. Yes, I'd love for you to. That was one of my questions. 
when I was about three and a half years old, I started seeing spirits and which is not unusual for a toddler, but when mommy and daddy can see them too. And I remember mom saying, Oh, he's got it. And dad was like, Oh geez, he's got it. And, and dad didn't seem to, he wasn't thrilled about it at all. And so when I was, and I was a, um, I was a pretty bright child. My parents said that they learned right away. Don't talk, baby, talk to me. They just, you know, spoke sentences and, and I would ask my dad said, you're always driving me crazy with the questions and the explanations and everything. But so I started first grade um, when I was five. And I remember dad sitting me down and saying, do not talk about this to anybody except your mother and I. He goes, because people who see things that others don't will get taken away. Oh, my gosh. You know that's a pretty scary thing for a little kid. Absolutely. And, and 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 um, I was I was frightened, and my dad could see I was scared. And I remember he held me because I was shaking, and he said, "You know, Mark, talk about this to your mother and I." Well, I found out why years later is his sister Marjorie, very sensitive, very gifted medium. And she also had um, a beautiful gift of intuition and premonition. She could foresee future events. But unfortunately, she fell in love with a guy who was a religious fanatic, for lack of a, of a, of a better term. And I'm being generous here. And he did not like her abilities, nor did he approve of it. And he worked at a machine shop in Pennsylvania at a steel factory, a steel plant. And one day, uh, Marla, he was getting ready to go to work. And Marjorie started getting this feeling in, in her solar plexus and her stomach, and she was doubling over in pain. And she, she begged him, please don't go to work. Please, Lyle, don't go to work. And they got into a big fight, and she wouldn't let him out the door. And she was crying. goes, fine, fine, I'll stay home. Well, it's a good thing that he did, because that day a crane was lifting thousands of pounds of steel beams. And all of a sudden the cable snapped, and, it, and they landed on the, the machine shop that he worked in, and crushing it and killed everybody in it. Oh my gosh. And and you would think that this guy would have been been, you know, thankful, but instead he felt that she was in league with satanic forces. He actually got a a psychiatrist. And this was back this is decades before I was born. This was back I think in in the 1950s and they diagnosed her or the the doctor diagnosed her as a paranoid schizophrenic. And they actually, um, an ambulance came to her house. These two guys in white coats literally grabbed her, pulled her out of her own home and put her in a straitjacket and took her to a mental institution. She was there for over six months and she was subjected against her will to electroshock therapy of her brain. And, and uh, my dad said after that, he goes, Marge was never the same. Um, she never talked about spirits. He said she was a shadow of her former self. Okay. And so we, meaning medium psychics, have been abused, persecuted, treated horribly. I mean, you know, in social media, you know, that gives cowards a chance to be bullies. I have to put up with all types of nonsense, you know, which I don't I don't waste my time with um, people that that uh, think this is somehow negative or evil. There's parts of the world to this day in the Middle East where people with these with these abilities get executed. So 
as I got older, I realized my dad wasn't trying to scare me. He wasn't being mean to me. He was a Navy SEAL and he was protecting his little boy. And that's what he was doing. And so I'm, I'm very thankful um, to my father and my mother for always looking out for me. And I, I saw pretty soon after I started school and I went to Catholic school. Okay. Uh, and I saw pretty quickly that even though they believe in angels and saints and all these invisible spiritual beings, you don't talk about seeing dead people there. Right. Right. You know, I, I'm jumping ahead a little bit, but you talk about being persecuted and, and I know I've heard you speak of bad things don't come through you know, love comes through from the other side. And even when, can you, can you just talk about that for a minute? And also really jumping ahead about how babies, maybe who never had the chance to even be born, how they come through to you or who, who passed, you know, very recently after they, they were born. Which part of that question do you want to start with first? Because I've got a lot to say on on all of them. Okay, let's start with the love about all the messages coming through from the from babies. That that's a nice place to start. <laughs> People tend to think that the spirit of a baby, when the baby communicates with a medium is going to be all goo goo gaga. And, and I've heard people say, that's ridiculous. How could you communicate with a baby? Well, in my book, The Afterlife Frequency, that's my latest book, The Scientific Proof of Spiritual Contact and How That Awareness Will Change Your Life, I introduce a very important concept referred to, which I refer to as the electromagnetic soul, the EMS. And a number of scientists, including Dr. Gary Schwartz at the Laboratory for, for the Advancement of Consciousness and Health at the University of Arizona, have adopted the EMS as a term to describe what we really are. We know from physics that energy is neither created nor destroyed, only transferred from one form to another. We know from the field of neuroscience, the brain has the most sophisticated electrical system in the body. The most powerful system is the heart, which makes sense because the heart's a pump and it's, you know, it's, it's mechanical, but the brain is, is circuitry. And even though the brain is only about 3% of our body weight, it uses over 20% of the electromagnetic energy in our body. Well, we know that from, from faith, and it doesn't matter what belief system you are, whether it's Hinduism, uh, Zoroastrianism, Jainism, Sikhism, Judaism, Christianity, Islam, um, Native Americanism, the religions of the Pacific, that the who and what we are in in psychology it's referred to as consciousness and in the faith community a spirit or a soul pre-exists the body the soul pre-exists the body comes into the body okay and the brain doesn't create our consciousness it doesn't create who we are it merely hosts the electromagnetic soul and so when the body dies the spirit lives on because it's energy. So electromagnetic soul defines what we really are, which is pure consciousness that is eternal electromagnetic energy. I realized that was a lengthy explanation. And, and you know, when you ask oh, a lawyer, what, 
Well, and it's important for, for people to understand that, you know, and also when you ask a lawyer what time it is, we tend to tell you how to build a <laughs> clock. But 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 for for the purpose of 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 understanding all the forms of spirit communication, which include near death experiences, deathbed visions, shared death experiences, out of body experiences, mediumship, how they come to you, spirits connect with you in the dream. The electromagnetic soul explains all of that. And, and that's what I elaborate in great detail in, in my book, The Afterlife Frequency. So a baby may die in utero, or uh, which is, is a horrible tragedy, or may die soon after, you know, through SIDS or, or any one of, you know, so many different complications. What's really fascinating how spirits work with me, I know when the spirit of a baby is around, because I see a star, a beautiful like orb of light that looks like a star. And I realized about, about 15 years ago, the reason they, they transmit that particular image to me is because, well, that's, that's what an electromagnetic soul is. It's pure energy. But when I see a star, I know that it's the spirit of somebody that did not live a a um a material world life in their their last visit here and so that's how they let me know that there there are uh, that, that they're a baby and the thing is the spirit of a baby can communicate as clearly and as intelligently as somebody who lived to be 99 and a half years old wow and that's because why because they're an immortal living being, an intelligent spiritual entity that pre-existed the body came in and moved on after the body dies. And I've had spirits of babies come through and explain to me why they died, uh, what was wrong with them physiologically. Then they start explaining things about um, the person that I'm, I'm doing the reading for. For example, I was doing a reading for this woman and the spirit of a baby that she lost came through. And I said, well, he's projecting to me um, a blue light. So this was a little boy. And she said, I never knew what gender he was. But she said, for some reason, I always felt that he was a boy. And he explained that, you know, he, he she lost him a few weeks into the pregnancy. And then he said, he said, you just you just got a brand new coffee maker. And she goes, Oh my God, I just bought a Mr. Coffee coffee maker yesterday. And I go eight o'clock coffee. She goes, Oh my God, that's the brand I use. And, and, and what it is, a spirit will come to you and give you pieces of evidence about what's going on in their life or in your life to let you know that they are around you and aware of what's happening in your life. Now, obviously when a, an infant comes into this world, the electromagnetic soul is not created by the brain, but it's housed in the brain. Very much, Marla, the way your computer hard drive did not create the Windows program and, and all the other um, programs on it. It merely hosts it. And so, so when the electromagnetic soul is in in the, the brain, it is then limited to a finite perception of things. I mean, I could go on and on and on and, and discuss the, the repercussions and my understandings of this, but there's a reason that we as infinite spiritual beings have these finite material world limited existences. 
And it's because we can experience things in this form that we simply can't when we're pure energy because energy is eternal. It doesn't get old. It doesn't get sick. It doesn't get tired. It doesn't die. But we as corporeal entities can. And there appears to be a reason why we have to come in and experience these things. And do we, do spirits tell you, you hear a lot about the pre-birth plan and and destiny and completed learnings? And do spirit talk about, I mean, is there a plan to our lives when we, when we come in? It appears that there is. Now, from what I've seen in the, I've done something like 15,000 readings in my life. So there appears to be a day we're coming in and a day that we're going out. And, and the choice that we have is what we do with the time in between. Exactly. And that's where our free will comes in. But there is a group of people that we're going to interact with. And, you know, for, for your, your benefit, the benefit of the listeners, um, and I'm going to ask you this, Marla, have you ever met somebody that you thought was for the first time and you just felt that person was so familiar? You you just like, I know you from somewhere, but you just, and you, there's no point of reference in this life. Absolutely. Now, why do you think that is? That's because we've known them from previous incarnations. I've met a, a number of people in my life. Um, there's one, uh, she's a fellow medium. Um, I'm just going to say her name, Tina Powers. Yes, Tina's I thought that's who it was. Okay. <laughs> yeah, Tina, Tina and I finish each other's sentences. When we sit together and eat, we like make each other's. And it's like, what is going on here? She goes, Mark, she goes, we had to have been married in a pre. And, and you know, we, 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 we get each other's jokes. And the thing is, um, there are our group of people that we tend to go through in a series of lifetimes. Think of it like this. It's like a troupe of actors and each lifetime is a different play and then you play different parts. Yes, yes. You know, so you're not always a man, you're not always a woman, you know, you're not always the boyfriend, you could be the son or the grandfather or the mom or or whatever. That's my understanding. And and I want to say this for the benefit of the listeners. I I don't know everything. Nobody knows everything. These are the insights that I've been given because these these topics, these subjects come up at times in readings, and they will give us insights on into this. Right. So let's um, thank you for that. Um, so let's talk a little bit about, and we are going to get to your book and uh, to a little bit more of the scientific part of it, but um, the the sorts of messages about uh, that come through that they're not bad or scary. And I would, why? Here I am again asking you two questions in a row. Uh, but animal, why would, uh, animals what? come through too. <laughs> All right. Go ahead. Yeah, I know my dog has. Um, it, you would think that people would be excited about this news, knowing that that life continues, and knowing that there is a predestined, you know, point of entry and ending from what you've been told, and. Why do you think it is that people are just so fearful? That could fill volumes. First off, death is the great unknown. So people are afraid of that. 
Mm-hmm. And in many cultures, uh, what I do is revered and and taken, you know, it's, it's looked at honorably. But with a number of religions, particularly the Abrahamic religions, the religions that stem from the patriarch Abraham, meaning Judaism, Christianity, and Islam, um, there are passages in scripture that say mediums are not of God and, you know, this is don't consult with them. But you have to examine the entire document. And in, in the some of the lectures that I give, I go into the various uh, Bible uh, passages in Scripture, because even in Deuteronomy, and um, I believe it's in Deuteronomy um, 18, uh, 10 through, through um, 10 and 11, it says, let no one among you be found who consults with, you know, um, mediums and all that. But if you read the entire passage and you get to Deuteronomy 18, verses 21 through 22, it essentially says that if what the prophet, meaning the the medium or the psychic, says comes to pass, in other words, if it's true, then then it is sanctioned by God. It is the truth. So even Deuteronomy sets the standard. But see, a lot of people take the salad bar approach to the religion. They go and pick and choose what they want so they can cast the first stone. And then when we fast forward into the New Testament to the first book of Corinthians, uh, chapter 12, verses 4 through 12, it's a beautiful passage which lists the gifts that God gives to humans. Two of those are prophecy, and another is discernment of spirits. Um, But it says that one um, all these gifts are from one in the same spirit, meaning meaning God. And then Romans 12, verses 6 through 8, also lifts, lists gifts from God, which include prophecy. And it says, if you prophesize, do so in accordance with your faith. In other words, do it, do it in a positive light. So a lot of people, they, they hear some of these things that say, oh, mediums are not a God. Here's what's going on. Religions well-intentioned though they are. I mean, I have people say, well, my church says I can't do this. And it's like, so you have to realize God exists in spite of religion, not because of religion. Gandhi once asked a group of warring Hindus and Muslims, what religion is God? Like, huh? What religion is God? God is an eternal energy. God is eternal love. God isn't something written in a book, uh, you know, a couple thousand years ago. Um, and and so people in, in religions are businesses and they want a dominance on the path to God. And it can only be through them, their clerics, their dogma. And by the way, you have to give at least 10 percent of your income to fund us. Now, that being said, on the flip side of the karmic coin, with respect to religions, if if people would follow the teachings of the great spiritual teachers, you will find a commonality between all of them. Yes. And it's about peace, love, compassion, and understanding. It is not about bigotry, hatred, anger, or violence. And therein lies the difference. So when somebody says, I'm receiving a message that I should go blow up this 
this marketplace filled with children, or I should fly an airplane into a building, or I should, <clears throat> you know, take a political stance and and carry an an, an AR, um, you know, seventeen. That's not from God. That's not from spirits. That is a machination of the human brain right. called the ego, which could also be thought of as edging God out. Big difference between the ego and the spirit. The messages from spirits and from the divine are about peace, love, healing, protection, resolution. Messages that are self-absorbed by the ego are about anger, bigotry, hatred, or violence. I mean, think about Osama bin Laden. He, he tried to cast himself in the spiritual role and that it was um, a, a jihad, a holy war to fly planes into buildings and, and blow up people and kill people. Well, first off, you get, you get individuals that are gullible enough to believe that. Secondly, if he would have said, well, I don't like U.S. foreign policy in the Middle East, uh, that doesn't quite galvanize people the way that it's from God. And there is no, and I want to quote Mother Teresa. She once asked people, how can any war be holy? I remember I had an interview with David McGinley. I don't know if you've met him at any of the conferences, but he's a Lutheran minister, or he used to be and had a couple of near-death experiences. And he said, if only people who have a problem with the names, you know, Jesus, God, whatever it may be, if you would read the Bible and just in place of every time you saw the word God or Jesus, just replace it with the word love. And I just thought that was just so profound, you know, what a great eye, you know, what a wonderful thing. It, 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 it's true. Um, uh, George Harrison um, people remember him most for being a Beatle. He was a very spiritual man. And he wrote this song called You Are the One. He said, they call you Christ, Vishnu, Buddha, Jesus, Jehovah, Allah, Lord. Oh, you are the one. You know, and and uh, he said something else that I really like, too. He said, all religions are branches of one big tree. It doesn't matter what you call God, just so long as you call. Oh, yes. The tree of life. Beautiful. Well, let's get back on track here. And I would love just briefly to hear about how you became, not how you became a lawyer, but why you became a lawyer. And if you ever use your psychic abilities in the courtroom. When I was in my teens, um, it's not unusual for um, a medium to be drawn to the spiritual. And I wanted to go into the clergy, and I was being very heavily, you know, drawn toward that. Um, but then again, it was like I was a teenager, and the idea of being a Catholic priest and all that, it, it wasn't sitting that well with me. Also, spiritually, I felt that there were too many rules and regulations and that I wouldn't be able to talk. Like, you know, now here I can talk about God. I can talk about Vishnu. Yeah or Shiva or, or, you know, Jehovah in, in the same breath, referring to the same energy. And so I thought that was too confining. So I ended up going into law, not like there's not a lot of rules and regulations there. And 
I, I know. And, and but but um what I like about what I enjoyed about practicing law, the focus of my life now is on my spiritual work. And and um I'll be happy to talk about about that too in a in a bit, but both jobs are about evidence. A lawyer certainly has to have evidence to substantiate his or her case, but as an evidential medium, when I do a reading for somebody, I have to bring forth facts and details and evidence, things I can't, you know, generalize or make up that guarantee the authenticity of the, the communication with the spirit. And even though most people have negative views of lawyers and having been in the legal profession, I can certainly understand uh, where those come from, but lawyers help people through very difficult times. And, you know, I practiced, I was a prosecutor, I was criminal defense, I was personal injury. I I helped people with wrongful deaths and and horrific accidents and and terrible injuries. And as a medium, I help people cope with the deaths of loved ones by facilitating communication with people here with their loved ones in in spirit. So I also found that the practice of law really suited me, my intellectual curiosity. I'm interested in so many different things. Mm -hmm. And as an attorney, I had to deal with physics, forensics. I had to deal with chemists, biology, neurology. I had to, um, learn all different types of disciplines. And then I, w- I was working on head injury litigations and I had to actually go to school to learn about the human brain. And when I started segueing out of law into to mediumship, it all began to, to tie together and make sense. And that, and, and I remember my dad, the, the, the aerospace engineer, I remember being eight Navy years field. old. Yeah, I was eight years old. I loved my dad because he worked with astronauts and dad. And I just loved my dad anyway. But <laughs> I remember we were looking at the stars one night and we were talking about forever and eternity. Oh. And my dad said, there's no such thing as a mystery, Mark. There are only questions for which we do not yet have the answer. And in enough research, enough money is spent, enough time, you're going to come up with an answer. And it's going to be based on science. That really resonated with me. And that applies to the spiritual. And I believe that the ultimate objective of science is the discovery of God. I think now is a great time to wrap this up. And we will continue next Monday with the rest of Mark Anthony's interview. Thank you so very much. Thank you so much for listening in today. If you want to learn more about the show, you can find us at interviewswithinnocence.com and on Facebook or Instagram at interviewswithinnocence. Please write me a message. Tell me what you liked and let me know what else you would like to hear. I would love to hear from you. And if you liked what you heard, please leave us an iTunes rating and review. It helps other listeners find the show. Thank you. Thank you.